Okay, cool. We live. Hachi, welcome to the show. Lekker, Joshi. Good to have you here. It's been a it's been a long time coming. I'm really excited for this conversation. Um, yeah, we've obviously, obviously known each other for a few years now and been through so much together. So it's really it's really cool to have this conversation. Yeah. I thought I would start with uh, maybe a, like your elevator pitch. It's just somebody said, "Hey, hey, Tyron, what what do you do? How how do you how do you answer that question?" Just so people give have a bit of context about about the conversation that's about to transpire. Yeah, well, I mean, I like to say I'm a gym owner, uh, maybe a little bit more coach mentor. That's pretty much it. I, I, I like to get as many people fit as possible and show as many people as possible in the world what they can do with their body. That's sort of a, what I like to tell people. Um, but if I had to write it down, uh, owner and head coach of Motley Crew CrossFit in, in South Africa. Nice, nice, like a... Um, so you got a nice cup of coffee there to get us started. Yeah, man. Well. <laughs> got to get the caffeine in. It's an absence three, so have to Oof. keep going, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, the, the beauties of uh, owning multiple cross facilities, eh? I suppose. <laughs> um, so maybe starting with how we actually met each other, um, obviously through CrossFit itself. Uh, yeah. How? What was your journey into CrossFit? How did that actually happen? Where did you begin? Uh, I'm sure there's many different like tributaries that led you to this point, but how exactly did it start? Were, were you always interested in fitness? What what was the journey from your sure. perspective that um, it looked like? I think there were a couple of little roads that all pushed me into this big highway of CrossFit. Uh, one was I was a, I don't want to say a, I, I suppose semi decent sports sportsman when I was growing up. I played uh, provincial cricket, rugby, um, national baseball and softball. I was also involved in sort of a higher level baseball with some of the scouts in the US. Um, so I always played relatively decent level sports. And then I did the the usual Boyke gym, um, the, the Globo gyms, doing some biceps and chest and not really knowing what that weird squat rack thing in the corner was. And then one day I watched, I'm very old school. I've been in CrossFit for over 12 years now. So I'm very old school when it used to be on ESPN. I watched these idiots wearing these bright clothes and weird headbands and funny necklaces and all that stuff that the guys used to wear. And I said, no, man, these oaks are cuck. I could definitely do that. Um, I'm elite. Uh, and then I tried to get involved, do a bit of research, went to... I actually saw one of the local competitions happening and I saw these guys throwing balls around and running and thought, Jesus, looks so stupid. I can kick a ball and I can throw a ball. I can give these guys a hiding. So I thought, let me go try it out. Um, first, I thought I could do it by myself, obviously, because I was a little bit stupid and arrogant. And then uh, I went on and went to a CrossFit class. One of my first workouts was Helen. I remember seeing the... We actually did Helen yesterday, so it was quite funny. I saw the one of the girls doing these weird, funny pull-ups, and I was like, Jesus, <laughs> what is going on here? Um, and then she gave me an absolute hiding game, beat me by like five minutes or something like that. So I was, from that point, I said, I'm going to the games, and I'm going to be the next Rich Froning. Obviously, that never happened. But it um, took me on my journey to where I am now. I've hopefully touched a lot of people in a good way over the years. Um, but I've been sort of coaching CrossFit now for eight, nine years. Uh, I was a personal trainer before that. So 
yeah very short story made long (laughs) no that's uh i suppose the point of a long form podcast eh? but the just for context people say when you say uh, funny pull-ups you're talking about like obviously you should yeah doing like keeping pull-ups and, like, and, like and things like that yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I was really i didn't i'm a bit ashamed of it but it, I'm, i was one of those people that were like these crossfit oaks don't know what they're doing and i was always a bigger guy so cross uh, pull-ups was always something that was quite foreign to me i, I could never do a pull-up um mm. growing up even though i played all these sports and stuff as a heavier bigger set man um mm pull-ups was always something that was a little bit foreign to me so when i checked this chick doing these weird things i was like sure okay if that girl can do it then surely i can do it yeah and then here we are still can't do any <laughs> uh, i beg to differ i've seen uh, how, how what, what's your what's your weight and and height just for context of people <laughs> so i'm 6'2 so it's just 1.88 meters and i sort of sit around 100 kgs i, I don't weigh myself often but the yeah. last time I got on a scale was about a handy. So it's, it's a fair piece of meat. It's a fair piece of meat. It's a fair piece of meat. Uh, and I've, <laughs> just for people that are listening, I've seen you do pull-ups and muscle-ups and things. And it, it honestly, you would not think that you were 6'2 and you weighed 100 kilograms the, the way you move. So Thank you, and, I'm, and I'm not just saying that. Like, really, it's 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 you know taught me a lot. <laughs> it's taught me a lot about the mechanics of... Uh, of of the sport and and how you you can anyone can you know reach that level if you if you get if you work hard and you get to the right stage so it, oh, it, i think sorry josh yeah i think just it's something that that has always been important to me uh, and everyone yeah. likes to say that that technique's important and blah, blah but i think with my frame i've sort of had to learn how to do things as as like you said, as prettily as possible. I know that's not a word, but, um, mm-hmm. and with my science teacher background, uh, the idea of levers and pulleys and force and weight and distance and time and all that sort of stuff, it always tickled my fancy to try and see how efficient I could, efficiently I could do things. Um, mm-hmm. And hopefully that's one of the reasons that, uh, well, I think that's one of the reasons I've stayed sort of close to injury free for pretty much my whole crossword career i've had little niggles here and there as i'm sure everyone has mm-hmm. but um i've never had any bad injuries because i think I've, I've always tried to focus on good positions and and, and yeah. moving well yeah maybe i should go faster sometimes but i'd rather keep doing it yeah and uh just uh get touching back on the science background uh, was that so you were what, what were you doing before was that before you entered the, the realm of crossfit what yeah so that was one of the roads um, like i said at school i played a lot of sports and that and then i didn't quite know what i wanted to do with my life i took a gap year um, mm-hmm. in the uk everyone had, when i was growing up a lot of people were doing that like i said i was a decent sportsman so i played some cricket and, and some rugby overseas earned a bit of money worked at one of the schools there um, and while I was doing it, I really loved it. So when I came back, I thought, hey, I want to be a PE teacher. It's uh, not the biggest ambition in the world. But um, again, I studied teaching um, and it's still what I'm doing to this day. So the concepts of teaching, although I think a lot of degrees are probably a little bit outdated these days, I think a lot of the concepts I could still use and I do still use, especially when teaching my other coaches. So obviously I coach the the members and stuff like that but then my my teaching background i think helps me 
deal with other adults that I'm 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 trying to mentor and, and grow as a business. And then, like I said, my major was science. Natural science was my main thing. And then we also did sports science as a subject. So I used to teach um, guys your age, actually. Some of my coaches are your age <laughs> um, at high school. And then from there, got opportunities in Cape Town. Uh, believe it or not, modeling. This old face. I can believe and it. Then, <laughs> It sort of led me towards the personal training world from there. And, and it just so happened that a teaching degree with a major in sports science and science was quite um, quite nice compared to these diplomas that a lot of the guys were doing, getting into the personal training world. Mm. It's I, I love hearing about the stories of how people get into whatever they're doing, because I, I think sometimes people <laughs> think that uh, certain successful people, whatever success means to you, they, they grew up, they just woke up one day and said, oh, I want to do this. And then they just yeah. had this sort of linear path to where they where they are now but it's actually a lot of its curiosity and a lot of it's just finding your footing in various aspects and seeing how everything you do ties into what you're doing now actually so your teaching background applies to your purpose now in life and the fitness side applies so everything's coming together it's like all these different all these different categories are overlapping and you've found what you're really good at now which is being a coach of coaches essentially i mean if i have a look at what you're doing now you know yeah so i think i think that's where i see myself going obviously i'm doing it already uh, mm. within my organization but long term i'd like to get uh, sort of been on the outskirts of the hq staff um, teaching crossfit h uh, like the level ones and the level twos i've i've, I've been in the mix mm-hmm through whatever issues i haven't quite stepped up in that regard but while that's been happening i've been growing businesses so it's probably a blessing in disguise um but i think long term i see myself coaching coaches on a on a broader scale and i think that's how i can spread my message even even quicker and further mm. so you mentioned uh, organization talk to me about the progression and probably adding on from the above, but talk, talk to me about the progression of actually building a successful number of successful. CrossFit <laughs> facilities in South Africa. Um, what has that, what's been this, what's been the, the ups, the downs, the lessons, the takeaways? Uh, sure. Yeah, I'm we sure there's only, a lot. We only got an hour. <laughs> As you know, my previous, this isn't my first CrossFit sort of affiliate. I was um, involved in another gym. And I think what happened there, I mean, we were, I was with those partners for about four years as well. So I'm, like I said, I've been nearly a decade now in this world. Mm-hmm. My previous partners, I think I could go into a lot of detail, but I don't really want to on this uh, format. But um, I think the, the crux of it was our visions were just not aligned. Um, I was also younger, obviously. I was a lot younger when we started, and all I wanted to do was was be this hardcore athlete. Um, as I matured, I realized that our visions were just sort of... For example, I said, hey, I want to have 10 CrossFit gyms, and then the partner at that stage was like, no chance, we can barely run one. Mm. Um, so that limiting sort of... Mm. Ideolo- ideologies was it's always a problem for me i i mean i often get myself into cuck because i 
I take leaps that I'm not quite ready for, but I, I sort of learn how to fly along the way. And um, I think one of the biggest lessons I learned is, is having people around you, A, that trust you and, and believe you in what you're going to say and do, and that are willing to, to go on these journeys with you. And, and when you do jump, not get altitude sickness and, 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 and struggle with the, the rarefied air, if that's to just continue that uh, metaphor. I think um, I'm really lucky with the people around me here. Um, not only my coaches, my business partners here. Uh, we sort of just get it. We obviously clash, but it's not like to the point where we clash and we hold on to stuff. I'll say, hey, I don't like this. Get back in your lane. Stop doing that. That's my stuff. And there's no hot feeling. There's no egos involved. Uh, my ego gets bruised still all the time. Um, I'm still dealing with that and trying to um, grow with that. But I think it really helps having my main partner, Stevie, and, and obviously, you know, Jess as well, who runs the other side of things, who challenge me when I need to be challenged, but not to the point where it's going to upset the apple cart, if that makes sense. And then just having foot soldiers that, are willing to craft and grind. I mean, you know, Biff, you're one of your favorites. Mm. I just say, do this, and he just does it. He doesn't ask questions. He doesn't say, no, I don't want to. He just does it. And then if he's not happy about something, he'll come and have a conversation. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so the adage of just starting, everyone's, I mean, every help, self help book that you read now just says, just start. You want to make self content, uh, content just start. That Gary V always talks about that. I mean, I've been doing that for years now before <laughs> before TikTok and all that sort of stuff. Mm. I sort of just start something and figure it out. Like when I moved to Cape Town, I literally knew no one. So mm. I moved from, from Durban to Cape Town. Not one drop of family, not one friend. I just moved and figured it out. And now here we are, 12 years later, sort of in this whole ecosystem. Mm. Yeah, that's a Sorry, big move. I keep for anybody. talking and drifting, drifting all over the place. Drift, bring drift. me back, bring me back onto the road whenever you drift, want. Drift away, drift away. But uh, yeah, it's a difficult thing, especially moving, never mind overseas, but to Cape Town itself, because it does have a reputation for being very, you know, clicky and you're going to know the right people. But that's just an illusion, I think. I think if you, yeah, I think if, so. If you're open to the possibilities and and you have, like you said, you have a vision that's aligned uh or not so aligned but whatever gets you started it seems like you you got in you got into the door through crossfit through through another means but then you realized you wanted something more for it and and yeah. that's when your vision started taking over and you and you saw it going somewhere else yeah. you know yeah i think at the beginning i didn't really have a vision i think it was like mm. open a crossfit gym that's what i wanted to do so i can train all day which i think yeah. <laughs> back back in the day that used to be the vision of people yeah. i mean crossfit's grown into this other beast uh, micro gyms generally have grown into these other gyms when you look at orange theory and soul cycle and all these yoga studios all these different things up they all grew from a similar place i think um mm. with my previous facility i don't think i had a bigger vision and that was part of the issue i don't think any of us did uh and if if that was the vision it wasn't enough for me. So I think what happened is over the years, I sort of grew into, I want more. And when I met Stevie uh, at a coffee shop, he sort of 
said what we're going to, he wants to do. And I said, well, that sounds cool. And then as I started working through what Motley Crue is and what it can be, I think it grew. And then to your point on, on, on sort of clicky Capetonian story, if you come to this gym, you'll see the weirdest mix of people, um, which is exactly what Motley Crue means. And it's sometimes somehow it just makes sense and it works. Um, and that I think I just grew my own community because it was just easier than trying to fit in, if that makes sense. Uh, I think by, by not fitting in, I attracted other people that didn't want to fit into sort of other, I don't want to say stereotypes, but other sort of molds. They got all sorts of weirdos here, which is so, so much fun. Uh, there's a lot of people that I would never really be friends with. Mm. If it wasn't for this place, I would probably be a bit judgy on them, but because like, they come into this space and they just let their guard down um, mm. and they trust me, then you you understand people a little bit deeper and mm. Um, mm. on a more a less protective level from both points of view. So I think a lot of people have these layers up that stop you from getting to know exactly like who they are, but when they're doing burpees and crying and sweating and throwing chalk all over the place there's no there's no space for layers i think mm. you strip that all away and you get to know who a person is quite quickly mm. yeah uh, and what so you mentioned the, the the weird and wonderful people that come to the gym and i couldn't agree more like that's exactly what motley is for me it's uh mm. it's more than just what else would you say differentiates your brand from the usual um CrossFit. I mean, I could name names. I'm not going to, but the usual CrossFit facilities you see in South Africa. I feel like South yeah. Africa is this. It's still stuck. You know, it's always stuck a bit behind. Like in terms, you go overseas now. They're trying to, but but like, what what, what would you say is a differentiating factor besides? Uh, I think with my vision, I I, I started with the whole gringy, do a burpee and your shirt's filthy doesn't matter because it's crossfit rah 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 there's some blood on the floor mm. and chalk everywhere <laughs> maybe get mopped once a week kind of thing and that to me just wasn't good enough because you you're also asking for nearly three four times the price of what you're going to get at another gym so now you're charging three times the price you're giving then you're telling people to clean up their own sweat and their own mess mm. <sighs> Obviously, you're coaching and, and different equipment and different styles and all that sort of stuff. But in my opinion, when people walk through here, they should they should feel instantly, okay, cool. This is a nice space. It's not scary. It's not dirty. It's um, we get a lot of foreigners here. So I think I think that to me also helped me push me forward. Is like you said, South Africa, and I don't want to badmouth South Africa because I mean I, I'm I'm from here and there's nothing. I wouldn't have anything if it wasn't for, but I do think sometimes we we get to about 70% in the CrossFit space sort of world, and then it's fine. And then fine is enough. And you can ask the coaches here how we've been drilling and painting and blah, blah, blah. You name it, we've done it over the last three weeks, and I'm still probably only 80% with this new facility where I want to be. So... I think what happens in South Africa is we get to about 70, 75% and then it's, it's fine. Um, and to me, fine's, fine's not good enough. I, I never want to be just okay. Hmm. So I reckon that's, that's been a differentiator in whatever 
facet of the business, whether it's the coaching, whether it's the classes, the way I coach classes five years ago is not the way I coach classes now. Um, the way we ran the gym five years ago is not the way we ran the gym now. So I think always saying, okay, this is fine, but what's plus one of what we're doing mm. now mm. Uh, with every facet of the business. And obviously sometimes we get bogged down with the usual sort of just being busy. Um, but I think just trying to just chip away at what you can, when you can, is sort of how I've, I've tried to do the gyms. I'm also running a PT business just to pay the bills a bit. Um, still coaching 15 classes a week on top of that. So it's, it, it is tough, but I mean, what's the point of doing it if it's not a little bit difficult? I, I don't want to be chilling at home. You know what I mean? Mm. I'd rather be in the, in the trenches a little bit. Mm. Absolutely. And there's a genuine, there's a genuine, like you get a feel that you actually enjoy the coaching so much. It gives of course, you, yeah. it, it, it's, it's kind of like the oxygen that fuels the rest of the creative process of actually building facilities, you know, so. um, because there's one thing that I don't enjoy is people that don't have skin in the game or people that, like you said, are not in the trenches, uh, are not like where they are physically. I mean, how many people do you know hand out these flyers to these, like you said, micro gyms, but they've got a little bit of a, a beer belly and you say, there's no ways you are a fit yeah. person. Like there's. Well, for example, yeah. there's, I mean, there's, there's a couple of salespeople that walk around here for one of the, um, <laughs> and you know exactly what I'm talking yes. about. Um, <laughs> smoke in one hand, pie and a Coke in the other hand, um, handing out flyers to people to come join their facility. Now, to me, that's, that's no good. Um, I mean, these guys, have, the coaches will have a birthday and someone will bring them cake or something like that. And I'll shit on them before bringing cake into the gym because some people, that's their, that's their thing they're trying to get away from. I mean, mm. why would you have cake sitting in a place where you're trying to get rid of cake? Mm. It's, it's mm. like uh, going to the AA and having a cake sitting there. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think sometimes people don't get it. And, and, and it's got to be more. It's got to be a little bit more than what else is out there and, and yes no one's perfect i'm far from perfect trust me i'm <laughs> uh, no one's anywhere close to perfect but i think if we just try and strive for, for being a little bit better than than what else is out there mm. we become a little bit more of a uh, sort of a, a lighthouse for these people i mean greg glassman used the analogy of a lighthouse and a tsunami of of dreaded disease coming and we've got to be the lighthouses and life rafts and all that sort of stuff and it's a great analogy too mm. and amongst the facilities that aren't constantly striving for more we've got to be that person mm. um when we opened there weren't many facilities that were sort of pushing us in my opinion uh, and obviously i'm biased and i don't want to sound um arrogant because that's not the it's confidence i think it's just confidence in what we do but in the last few years there's been a couple of facilities that have popped up that are they're pushing us hard um and that's great it makes me want to push even harder mm -hmm. and find something that the next place is not doing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i agree and i suppose this is kind of a segue kind of not but we were speaking about you know upholding the standards that you sort of aspire to and one of those a big part of it for me is certainly on my content is nutrition and i would love to know from your perspective how 
your what's what did you change your mind on how has it evolved i specifically how has it evolved over the years i'm talking from way back when to it is sure. now because a lot of people don't appreciate the journey that people go on and it's not just the case of yeah you know so nutrition wise however you want to tackle that go it's, for it i mean it's sure you're gonna have to just jump in now and then because i can talk for ages so i remember like playing high school so matric which for anyone that's watching over that side you're about 17 18 my rugby coach would say to me no you must carbo load before the big game on saturday so in my mind i was eat lots of pasta so i would eat a crap ton of pasta for that week <laughs> i'd say to my mom make me lots of pasta and then my mom she's old school uh, like obviously now she's we'll get there maybe you can just write a note to come back to my parents but um back in the day pasta meant sort of macaroni cheese crap ton of cheese sauce and white sauce and all the other stuff mm, great so at one stage i was quite a, quite a large flower half i looked like a lollipop but in my mind that's what my coach was telling me to do so i didn't quite know i think that might have been where some of my sort of self-esteem issues with my my body started was i was looking around me and all these guys around me were these lean mean machines and yeah i'm the fat flower running around still doing well um but maybe not having the physique of of some of the guys around me mm -hmm. then i went overseas uh, my my gap year i, I don't know if it was just because i couldn't afford food or it was just because maybe um maybe i was a bit of a late bloomer when it came to sort of like hormonal stuff physically maybe definitely not mentally <laughs> <laughs> but physically um because I leaned out quite a lot in, in England. Then when I came back, uh, I think the first rugby season back, I popped my shoulder um, playing rugby as you do. And then I got super big then. And this whole time, I didn't know what nutrition was. In my mind, it was, okay, what's the best supplement to take? Because that's all I need to do. I don't need to have eggs and whatever in the morning and, and make sure I'm hitting my protein goals every day. It was have five slices of peanut butter and jam on toast in the morning because that's what i eat um white bread like a thick layer beautiful sure that's scary eh? um, <laughs> and then as long as you take a fancy pre-workout and you have a fancy post-workout then you're going to get dak and you're going to get ripped and you're going to get lean and because that's what the protein powder told you mm -hmm. so i did that pretty much throughout my whole sporting career i'd say um like I said, I played decent level rugby. Uh, so again, for anyone overseas, the Sharks is the main team. I sort of played the team below that in the Vodacom Cup. In those days, it was the Shark. I don't remember what that was called, but I played decent level rugby. Um, I made sort of age group representative representative level rugby. Um, again, with no guidance in terms of how to train properly. To be honest, outside of uh, my three times a week training sessions on the rugby field, I would just go do biceps and, and guns because no one told me anything else. No one, mm. I didn't know what a clean was. That stuff wasn't accessible when I was growing up. Um, now it's easy. You just go on YouTube and watch CrossFit, CrossFit tutorials and they'll teach you. But in those days, it wasn't YouTube. So it's it was an interesting thing for me to look back on because the thing I get the most interaction with still on my sort of social media is the moment I'll post a picture of a, a steak or uh, whatever, 
everyone's got a lot to say because everyone thinks they're an expert, but not many people are. Um, so I get back to your question. I used to eat the typical bad diet of lots of bread, uh, lots of refined carbohydrates, not enough protein. Um, probably, I mean, my parents tried to eat healthy. Uh, they did the way less options, the, uh, all that sort of stuff, because obviously they were also going through their demons uh, and they're not demons, but their issues with, with, with food and all that sort of stuff. Um, so I'd say my, my teens and my, and my twenties, my, at least the first half of my twenties wasn't, wasn't great when it came to food. I didn't know it wasn't great. Um, but it definitely wasn't. Uh, it then changed to I was weighing 85 kgs at one stage. So for me, you can imagine me minus 15 kgs is very, very, very skinny. Mm -hmm. So I did that mm -hmm. for a while when this whole modeling thing started happening. I tried to stay as small as possible because in my mind, I was going to be walking with the catwalks of Milan. Meanwhile, little did I know that they just wanted me to look like a dad because that's what I do now dad and cars mm -hmm. and um yeah i think i got into quite an unhealthy relationship i did the whole bodybuilding style of chicken broccoli chicken broccoli chicken broccoli fish broccoli peas all that sort of stuff all those frozen veggies that you buy mm. in the steamer and then on a friday mm -hmm. eating five slabs of chocolate and whatever the hell i want to for for a whole day and then mm. back on the fasted cardio on an incline with a hoodie on maybe a plastic bag and all that <laughs> sort of crap um yeah looking i mean just chatting to you now looking back it wasn't great it just um created probably a lot of hormonal issues obviously now i know what that was doing but it, it, it definitely would have created a lot of long-term damage in my systems that i think i'm still fighting to this day um with these sort of high caloric deficits into these cheat day insulin repair days um <laughs> yeah you know the bro science behind it. it does work i mean i was lean and mean and got onto men's health and all this sort of stuff but it's not a great way to live it's not a fun way to live your life um in the sort of then i actually eventually during lockdown i said you know what i'm tired of training the way I do and performing the way I do because I'd like to think I can perform pretty decently I'm still one of the top sort of master guys around and, and, and locally uh, did semi-finals this year um, I've always been in the sort of mix and I just was a little bit tired of looking average so I reached out to one of the guys that I was chatting to the guys from PH Nutrition Liam really nice dude um, one of the nicer guys I met sort of through my as a professional, I mean, he works with some of the top games athletes around. He gave me a great framework and a way to measure and, and, and all that sort of stuff. Um, but again, as with most diets, you fall off after a couple of weeks. Uh, I just, the more I try to do these things where you record and measure and blah, 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 the more I realize it's just not for me. But my lifestyle, I mean, we wake up at half three in the morning, get to work to open the gym, it's 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 not a nice way to your whole Sunday you're cooking and, and prepping meals and freezing meals and I just it's not nice uh, if I lived at home or I work from home I, I probably would do a little bit more measuring and, and all that sort of stuff but it's just not it's not something I can do sustainably so 
eventually after you were actually quite a big influence on that and and as you know i trained prof noakes we we spoke about it quite a lot why not try this carnival thing and there's a lot of uh, a lot of the people on, on on the internet obviously you got the vegans versus the carnivores versus the macros versus the blah 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 um there's so much information so when i grab there's no information now there's too much i think mm. because it's 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 so confusing it's so confusing the crux of it is do what works for you and keep it as simple as possible so you can do it consistently the measuring thing works it does work mm. science science works mm. like i'm not saying it doesn't work but for me the way my life works i cannot sit and walk around with a scale and go to a restaurant and weigh things and it just doesn't work for me and i also know myself if i have a little bit of something i'm going to finish it mm -hmm. <laughs> i can't have a piece <laughs> a piece of chocolate i'll eat the whole slab until it's finished mm -hmm. and then it's not in my house i know myself by now so again back to your question uh, eventually got on the sort of carnival train i did it strict strict strictly for six weeks no not one berry in sight no peanut butter nothing like that just sort of literally to the to the t and i could not believe the difference in my oh i'm sure you've spoken about it on your podcast many times just even like going to the toilet like stuff like that you don't realize how bad it is until you don't have to do that stuff anymore um nothing like an oat poo to uh <laughs> remind you of, of what fiber does to your insides um yeah. And again, in moderation, and if you weigh exactly how much you need and blah, 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 there's a lot of benefit that you can get out of that stuff, I think. But for me, it just did not work. Um, mm -hmm. So that's where we are. Uh, that first six weeks was very strict. At the moment, I'm sort of in a maintenance phase. I'm in a very high stressful sort of period in my life, um, just because I'm managing a lot of things at the moment. So I'm not being too harsh on myself when it comes to cutting out everything mm. so i will have a little bit of chocolate now and then if i had a workout and i don't know when i'm going to eat again i'll ask frank to make me a protein shake mm. um with a couple of berries in, um and a bit mm. of nut butter or something like that just to uh, get a little bit of satiety um until i can have a proper meal again but mm. cutting out the idea of you must eat more vegetables to feel good um mm. To me, that was a game changer. I don't hate vegetables. I just don't particularly like them. Mm. I've always enjoyed fattier foods and dairy more than sort of lean, lean meats and vegetables. So the kind of like last night I had a, a, a ribeye steak. I had a little bit of, I had a little bit of leftover cottage cheese. We had a naughty nachos on the weekend. So uh, I had a bit of leftover cottage cheese and some avo. I know Eva's not part of the carnival thing, but I do throw it in now and then. And then a crap ton of cheese. Now that sounds like an awful meal if you go and add up all those calories. But for a massive man who's burning nearly 5,000 calories a day, those types of meals are needed. Yeah. Um, and that's why I'm maintaining. I'm not like my training is good. I'm feeling strong. I'm feeling relatively fit. Maybe not the fittest I've ever been, but pretty fit still still beating these lattes yeah <laughs> kids running around you so that's where i am joshy i've been on a, a roller coaster journey i've done the not having absolutely no idea supplement world 
Then I've gone the bodybuilding next to nothing, probably on about 1,500 to 2,000 calories a day. Then I've done the if it fits your macros thing. Uh, then I've done the counting every single calorie, making sure I've got the exact ratios of everything I need and carbohydrate timing and getting the carbs around your training time. Again, that stuff does work. Mm. It's just how sustainable is it and how good is it for you long term? I don't know. Um, mm. It hasn't been, it wasn't great for me. And now I'm at a point where I've, I like to call it, uh, what do I call it? I call it something other day. I can't enjoy it. Adapted carnivore, where it's like 98% of the time I'm carnivore. And then the, there'll be little bits and bobs where I'll throw stuff in where, not even for sanity, because I don't crave stuff anymore. It's just a, oh, that could be kind of nice. We, mm. We've got a tradition where we do our cold swims. Uh, I tried to bring you along for one and you was useless. <laughs> um, I tried. <laughs> you tried. <laughs> but we'll go on a Sunday, we'll have a dip, and then we'll, we'll get a lack of coffee and a croissant, because it's, it's just something that we, we sort of, we bond over, and that's just the, our time that we enjoy together. Yeah. So, I won't feel bad about that. Uh, yeah. And I think that's been, that's been a game changer for me, not feeling bad about food that I'm putting into my body. That is, I think, if you can get to that point in your diet or your sort of life, I think you're doing well. Yeah. Um, so I don't beat myself up with the, with the hours I, I live in the sort of pretty high stress environment that I live. If I allow myself a little nibble here and there, it's, I really don't feel bad about it anymore because I'm happy with the way I look in the mirror. Um, I'm happy with my performance. Would I like to run a bit more? Yes. Would I like to do a few extra lifting sessions now and then? Yes. But I'm still PBing. I'm still doing things I've never done before at the ripe mm. old age of 37. So mm. something with this is ticking a lot of the boxes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, thank you for that. I, I really appreciate hearing. There's a lot of me talking shit. No, so. no, 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 no. <laughs> I, 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 that's the, like I said, that's the point of this podcast. And to hear it from your perspective, I think we've uh, very similar in, in, in the sense of how the way I see the diets itself and what it can give people. It's like, if you think about CrossFit and what, you know, I would like to think Marty Cruz trying to achieve is help the average dad at home who has two kids who's pre-diabetic, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. he's not gonna count macros. He's not gonna weigh things. He's, any diet he goes on, when I say diet, I mean one that's prescriptive is going to be unsustainable for him whereas like you said going on the carnivore diet for a period of time has this immense like benefit of cleansing you to a point and then you start to add foods back in and you figure out what works for you what doesn't work for you so it has this real adaptability to it that almost anyone i think especially people in crossfit because anybody who comes to crossfit is going there to become a better person mm. in some way, shape or form, you know, whether they're seeking community or whatever. So that's why I enjoy it is that CrossFit is like the Trojan horse and the diet is, is for me is one of the most important aspects because you, because mm. without it, you, you, you just, you know, you're just stressing yourself out more <laughs> going to yeah, CrossFit. And I think, I think one of the issues with, with the CrossFit games is that those athletes need carbohydrates. 
the mm. amount they train yeah. and the energy pathways they're operating on, they have to have carbohydrates to fuel their performance. Um, mm. Again, scientifically, you cannot, you can't argue with that. Um, mm. No matter who you are, if you go and look at the science of it, you actually have to have, your meals have to be organized. But those guys are professionals at training. So they, all they do is prep their food, sleep, and train and recover. Like you say, for the normal person that sits at a desk all day and then comes to CrossFit, they don't need all those carbohydrates. So when they go, oh, post-workout donuts, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's not what they need. Someone like Perth who trains three, four hours a day, he needs those things to, to fuel his sessions because... Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know, you probably know all this and your members, your listeners probably know all this, but obviously your body operates on different energy systems depending on how long you're working out for. Cross, it's all about high intensity output, which means it runs on the first two energy pathways, which are mainly um, carbohydrate driven. The longer stuff like your long runs and stuff like that are driven a little bit more by fat. So if we were running club, I would be punting a lot more of that. but most normal humans drink too much, they don't mm. sleep enough, and they don't eat enough protein. Mm. Probably eat a lot too much refined carbohydrates. So what I try and get to when people come and say to me, hey, can you help me with your eating? I say, keep the food journal for a week for me just so I can see what you're eating. Most of them don't do it. <laughs> so mm. I never see them again because they feel bad uh, that they haven't stuck to the one little thing that I've asked them to do. The ones that do come back to me, I look at the thing and then, like I say, 99% of them don't eat enough protein. So I say it's up your protein, eat enough protein to, to fuel your exercise and to make sure that you're not always in a deficit because most people are always in a deficit. Um, when I say increase their calories, don't increase it with carbs so mm. don't cut out all your carbs because then they start craving shit mm. um, stop drinking so much try to drink once a week only if you're going to drink so, oh, you can't have a wine every night <laughs> yes you cannot drink wine every night um, and it's so simple Joshi and it's, it's, it's sad that we live in a world that overcomplicates and over sexifies this latest fad of a diet and it's just what can you do consistently for a long period of time that's Mm. the only thing that matters and if you it shouldn't be something that's making you fatter obviously because then you're going to get very fat so what type of eating plan or system can you use that's going to cut out a lot of the crap preferably all the sugar get enough protein to recover from your training sessions and then fill in the gaps from there so Mm bit of fat, bit of carbs if you need it, if you feel like you need it. Um, but most people are addicted to quick sugars. That's why they say, oh, I need my carbs. Mm. But again, that's the response I get. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But I will say that on the notes of the, the energy pathways, I mean, I've seen you training at the level you do. And it's it's pretty incredible to see what you can do on the diet now, you know, so it is about finding the minimum amount of carbs that will maximize your performance, not finding yeah. how much can I shove into my system. So it's just finding that amount that 
that as a person like you, who's so stressful, just that minimum amount, just to give you that, you know, that, that bit of a, a glycogen, I mean, your, your, your liver can only store about 300 grams of carbohydrates, but it can store like 3000 grams of fat. Yeah. So it, it is really just about giving your body that minimum amount of carbohydrates that'll maximize your performance. Cause like I said, I see what you do in the gym and with myself, especially as well, whatever I'm doing at the moment on my diet. And unless you are a buff that trains four hours a week, I agree with you, but you, a, you day. Just, a day, sorry. I just don't think people need as much as they think they need. Like you said, what's more important is the 100%. protein, the protein and the fat. And, and when you get those right, the, the it, people can, so I, I say yeah. focus on the protein and yes. most of the time the fat sorts itself out hundred percent. Cause a lot of, a lot of people, like, like you said, don't eat nearly enough protein and then by eating a few more chops or eating a few more steaks, they're going to get that fat Yeah, and yeah. they're not going to be hungry. So yeah. if it, I try and give the, the minimum, minimum required advice to mm. people um, mm. to get some sort of result. And, and people think it's a lazy thing, but it's really not. I can sit and go and make you a cookie cutter thing of you must eat this and this and this and this. But, most but unless of the time you stick it, to it, then it's not going to work. You have to actually stick to it. Yeah. And that's, that's the, that's the secret is it's literally just sticking to something long enough to see, Oh, shit, okay. This actually does work. I've just yeah. got to do X, Y, Z. And in terms of my training, I am me as a human is what my members are. I, do a class a day. I do not go and do extra bits and bits. I'd love to train more. I do lunchtime class most of the time because I fast most of the morning and then I'll eat just before my 10 o'clock client most of the time. And then I'll train at lunchtime, yeah. eat some more and then have a nice big fat dinner. Like that's my day. Um, I used to do a 24 hour fast. You told me not to do it, but it does. It's, Mondays tend to be a bit crazy for me. So I used to do a sort of a full fast on a, on a Monday and then have a big dinner. But in terms of what I'm doing, I, yes, I am, but I just happen to be a little bit further along in my, my, yeah. my sort of journey than our members are. They can't do the pull-ups or the bar muscle, whatever it is. I can. It's, it's the same exertion that they're doing mm. because they've got jobs and kids and blah, blah, blah. Whereas... I'm coming, doing my workout, and mm. I'm trying to cut out as much crap as I can, especially during the week. Um, yeah. yeah. So I yeah. think I think people people are scared of it. People are scared to go. But but what about your father? You're gonna have you're gonna live on the toilet. And I'm like, no. The reason you guys live on the toilet when you have a big piece of red meat is because of the other crap you're eating yeah. with it. You're eating garlic bread. You're eating sweet corn fritters. You're eating butternut you're eating all this other stuff that clogs with it so it's like when you see in a shower there's a big ball of hair in the bottom and now the water's not running down it's the same idea and mm, all that other stuff i just made it up <laughs> all that. the other stuff all the other stuff you're eating you can see how clean showers and yeah all the other stuff you're eating with the meat are clogging up your systems yeah. and then it's not allowing sort of that water to run through just gonna check my charger. Sorry, Joshy. No worries. Laptop's not charging. So yeah, I mean that's been something. It was a big mind shift for me. And then, like I, again, I spoke to you a little bit when I started that process. I spoke to Prof a little bit about that process. Like, what should I be feeling? And um, what's gonna feel different? Why am I? 
running to the loo all day on my first 24 hours. Um, this is a bit scary. Yeah. I hope it's not going to be like this the whole time. Um, I felt a bit shaky on the first day or two, then trying to cut out um, some of my coffees. Do I need to have more coffee? Blah, 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 mm, blah. Mm. It's, all, it's all scary things. But if you just say, hey, guys, it's normal. Just yeah. give it a couple of days. Your body's getting rid of all the nonsense. Um, so just for context, when you're listening, normally people who sorry, when you do yeah. start the carnivore diet or you start some sort of elimination diet where you remove lots of fiber, essentially what happens is you, you can go through a stage where you, you just, you're just on the toilet for the whole day, for two days, three days, you can just stay on the toilet because your body <laughs> is, a, your body's adapting. It's like anything, your body adapts to, I wasn't quite that bad. Yeah, yeah. Some people, it depends. <laughs> depends who you are. <laughs> but um, yeah, that first day, I messaged Josh panicking. <laughs> what the hell? I can't be doing this. My clients were worried about me. I was running out every every twenty minutes. Uh, but it's like you say, it's just, it's, it's just something different, and your body's just adapting. Yeah. But it's, I mean, twenty four hours later, you feel great. Then you're going going to the loo. Done you know sitting there for <laughs> ages was, like i mentioned earlier like i think i had a bit of a um, i mean i ate oats anyone who's been a gym gym yeah. goer is oats is the sort of staple i mean i've been especially in crossfit eh? yeah <laughs> someone said to me that one of our more interesting members sue said to me the other day uh muscles are made of oats and i said to him that, <laughs> sue they're definitely not made of oats but anyway, um, picture Sue saying, yeah, exactly. Uh, so it's when you cut that stuff out and you're like, Hey, well, where am I going to get my fuel from? Mm. When I tell people what I eat for breakfast, they look at me like, Panic, you're going to die. So you, you are about to die if you keep eating like that. I'm like, No, I've literally never felt better. I did all my tests a couple of weeks ago and everything's 100%. Um, so it's a very interesting thing. When you talk about diet mm. to people, mm. it's like the same as when you talk about vaccines. I think it's it, it splits people. Mm. You get people that are so anti-cutting out X, Y, Z and so anti-taking yeah. a vaccine and blah, 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 that it just, people don't, you don't just go, okay, well, this works for me and I'm going to do it this way. Mm. The moment you talk about food, I think people think they have an opinion, even though they don't really have, any expertise to 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 do that it's the mm. same as yeah when when someone comes and tells me how to do a snatch or a muscle up or something like that and i go mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've seen quite a few of those in my time so yeah. i think i could potentially help you yeah no no thank you i, I appreciate that and um obviously i want to be respectful of your time with that that we've no i've got some covered Don't worry about me so i want to shift gears a bit because we mm. we speak about a lot of things and uh, on a personal front, I'm very interested in like challenges that people, specifically physical challenges. You've spoken about your self-esteem and parents and things like that, but mm. we've spoken t together about your sort of your, I don't like to say battle with, with cancer, but, but no, your, really, your experience, ex experience. So for those that don't know, can you maybe touch a bit on that? Because I think it's, I think it's really important. I don't think it's something that is taken lightly and yeah, I don't talk about it often because I think a lot of people have 
suffered a lot worse. I mean, even within, well, definitely within my family with cancer. And for you, some context, which probably you don't know, my dad had um, skin, lung, lymph node uh, cancer. All, all three, he's been told he's going to die within months of it. When I was in grade nine, which when I was 14, 15, um, I didn't know it at the time, but my parents were taking me to the boarding establishment um, to do viewings because the doctors told my dad he was dying in a month. Um, and obviously, they my mom spoke to the counselor and she said, look, it's probably a good idea to have him in the boarding establishment for some male role models. Um, that's the kind of parents I had. They didn't want to tell me at the time because I was writing exams um, and they didn't want to stress me out. And that's, I am so, so blessed with my parents. Uh, I've got the best parents in the world. So almost anything that's wrong with me has got nothing to do with them. They are, they've been the best sort of role models and parents I could ever ask for. So at that time, my dad had been told he's got lung cancer. The x-rays were black, uh, black or white, whatever the bad color is on his lungs. Um, he did the chemo thing. He went back in two weeks and the doctor said they've never seen uh, cancer disappear at the rate they saw it disappear on his lungs. Um, so he survived that one. Then they took out his lymph nodes and his groin. Um, so if you ever had to see my dad, he just looks like a bit of a Frankenstein. He's got um cuts and all things all over his body um i mean when you look back now in, in in hindsight it's always so easy some of the the stuff that i grew up on eating and and the way they ate could have contributed to that um was it dr fong dr fong i always yeah. say it wrong fung. Uh, the fasting fung. doctor yeah yeah well, yeah well he also does the diabetes codes and the cancer codes and all that sort of stuff it's um he talks quite a lot about inflammation and system and, and how diets play a role in disease and stuff like that so i definitely think that there was a contributing factor and obviously genetic factors uh, so obviously i was expecting to get cancer at some point hoping not but getting it eventually um, i've had cancer twice i had a i had malignant melanomas cut out of my back and i actually had a form of breast cancer so my nip got cut open and a piece of stuff got taken out again luckily they caught it when they caught it, I don't, like I say, I don't talk about it because I think a lot of people suffer a lot worse and have to go through a lot more than what I did. Um, mm. But it's scary. I mean, yeah. you're lying on a, you're lying on a table. I still nearly passed out because it was, uh, when they cut it out of my chest, it wasn't a, what's the word? It wasn't a general anesthetic. It was local. So you literally, you're lying back on a table and you can sort of feel stuff happening um but i think the picture in your mind is probably as bad as it might look <laughs> from the other side because you can sort of just imagine Jeez. yeah so that was that um that was that was a tough recovery I, I think looking back now you don't realize the trauma that your body can handle um and how you can get through these things i think the crossfit training definitely helps you bounce back but at the same time CrossFit's a stressor on your body too. So trying to 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 treat a stress that your body's gone through with an with another stress is mm -hmm. not always a good idea. Mm -hmm. And when it happened, I was also I was fighting the 
the concept of, of I'm no longer like this fit monster. I'm, I'm like the old guy. Mm. Um, so for, on a personal front, it was really tough because I was trying to make a comeback um, from the surgery whilst also fighting with the fact that I'm probably not going to come back from the surgery and pass my prime or that sort of thing. Um, so that was a really rough time. It was uh, beating the head against the wall in a, in a, in a big way because you know what you've done previously and now you're trying to mm. do mm. that and you just nowhere near. Um, while that was going on, I was, I was opening other facilities. We, we, four and a half years in, we've opened six gyms along the way. Unfortunately, uh, six, yeah, five, five gyms along the way. So basically a gym a year. Um, one of them fell away, unfortunately, was locked down. Uh, we sort of regrouped and, and, and changed, shifted gears there. So in terms of the cancer stuff, it's it's something that's always sort of in the back of my mind. I, I'm not naive enough to think it'll never come. But uh, in CrossFit, you have a sickness, sickness wellness continuum, sickness wellness uh, fitness continuum. So mm -hmm. you're sick, you're healthy, and then you fit. So my thing is, I always want to get as fit as I can, because in order to get sick, I've got to first pass through healthy. Mm -hmm. um, I consider myself pretty fit. I'm in top 10% of whatever of the CrossFitters in, world, in the world, which means you're probably in the top 5% of the world world, uh, just in terms of, of, of the way I operate. I'm well aware that I need to bring my stress levels down and sleep more, but you sort of make a plan and you do what mm. you can. I think you hustle in your 30s so you can do all that stuff in your 40s. Um, so I've made peace with the fact I'm going to be grinding for a while still. Um, but yeah, my thing is I want to just, I want to always be a bit of a weapon <laughs> in whatever that is. I don't maybe look like that when I'm running around the block like a big old hippo. But uh, I like to think when I pick up a bar, I can, I can move a barbell pretty well. Um, I can still do some cool gymnastic stuff. And, and like you said, for a big dude, it's, it's kind of cool to be able to do that stuff. I want to be able to do that into my 50s, never mind mm. into my 40s. So mm. when the next sort of round of, of health challenges comes, I know I'll bounce back. I uh, recently had the septum operation. I don't know if you knew that, Joshi, but I, I yeah. had a septum <laughs> operation. Um, and, that, and that's for your, your nasal cavities, eh? to open them up, basically. Yeah, so, I mean, I was, so it's quite funny. We, we meditate in the evenings. We try and meditate before dinner a bed so I can sort of calm my mind a little bit. And, and I always oh, that's get it nice. It's good to hear. Yeah. yeah. How long has that been going on for? <laughs> oh, a long time now. Probably okay. two years. Yeah. Uh, but I've always been pretty frustrated because they say, okay, breathe in through your nose. And then I can't. <laughs> so I lose my... <laughs> and then like end up, my heart rate gets higher because I'm trying to catch my breath the whole time. Mm. So... I said after the semifinals this year, I was going to go get my operation um, and then recover for a couple of months. But it, even that, I mean, I was living on painkillers for, I only stopped last week. It's nearly four, four weeks of quite heavy myprodols. I mean, yeah. four or five myprodols a day just to try and manage the pain. You don't think it's a big thing because it didn't really cut any. There was no bruising. I yeah. thought, okay, cool. One week I'm going to be fine. I started training after a couple of days, but your, your body, your body fights back. Eh? Your body mm. just says, nope, not ready. Farm mm. your shit. 
stop, rest, instead of training, go home. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. I think your body has a way of telling you. Just calm down. And and for those that don't know, the nose itself is uh, is so integral to the the metabolic pathways in your body. And mm. if you're only breathing through your mouth and not through your nose, yeah, it has extreme effects on your sleep, on your stress, on your HRV, yeah. everything. I mean, so that's, that's pretty I mean, amazing. I've been tracking all that the HRV and, and all that sort of stuff with the whoopee. I know people, a lot of people are torn on on whether whoop works or not and blah 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 but for me it's really good it's been interesting to watch my, my sleeping patterns obviously i'm well aware i don't sleep enough but it's definitely got me into bed earlier um, it's definitely said to me look you're pretty red today maybe it's a good idea to yeah yeah not go and kill yourself with a half an hour work yeah. um just having that baseline to work from yeah, whether it's perfect yeah, or not yeah yeah it's yeah perfect or not, uh, yeah it also, it's a little bit of a governor on myself where you don't have to push yourself every single day. And I think that's probably in my training sort of maturity. That's where I've matured the most is some days I don't feel like going hard. Sometimes I just want to fall around in the corner and, and get a little bit of a sweat and I'm happier then. I'll go yeah. home and have a good sleep. Whereas previously, if I wasn't beating myself and getting 1% better every single day, um, then it was the failure and that's yeah. i think that's been the biggest mind shift so consistency for me is much more important if i can train five six days a week sure that's a win um whereas previously i wanted to train eight times a week and every single session must be at 90 to 95 percent effort which mm. it's not a nice way you, you, you almost you fall out of love with training and it becomes a chore um and I, I said to myself, I never want to have that again. I, mm. Like I said, I'm still doing stuff I've never done before. Uh, I PB'd my snatch on a big stage a couple of months ago, which was amazing. Um, what was your PB? I, I hit the, I don't know if you followed the semifinals. Uh, yeah, I, I did. Hit, but what was uh, the actual, I forget what the, the It ended the on was. 129 kg. So that was, I mean, I said to the guys, I've never even loaded that up to attempt that snatch before. Never mind actually hit it, which was... Uh, and I don't max out. I don't ever max out. I do the class programming. Like I said, there's something there on the program. That's what I do. I don't do anything more, which is yeah. kind of cool. It means the program's working and means listening to your body actually works sometimes. Yeah. Well, I think uh, I want to end on that high because that's certainly uh, given me a lot to chew on. But uh, yeah, Tyron, <laughs> I really appreciate your time, brother. Um, Cheers, cheers, where cheers. where can people follow you find you motley crew wh wh i'm always living in motley crew but uh <laughs> if anyone wants to follow me i'm at, at tyron hash t-y-r-o-n-h-o-t-c-h and then if you want to check out my gym it's motley crew crossfit um that's our handle we do most of our stuff on, on my instagram so yeah awesome Laka. well this was super fun i can't wait for round two and uh, yeah. have a great day like a joshi you too Laka.